the bottom of 27b, Chavzayin Amabez, and we're continuing this conversation that the Gemara is having. The, these Talmidim, the students of different rabbis, are asking them, what was your merit that you merited such long years? Shalu Talmidav Rabbi Preda. Students ask Rabbi Preda, but how have you lived such a long life? And they're not asking about not smoking or drinking. They're asking, what was your merit? Amalami said to them, No one ever came to learning before I did. I was always first. And I never benched for the, you know, for the Zimun. I never led the Zimun for benching if there was a Kohen there. And I never ate from an animal that had not had the Matanais given to the Kohanim. So anytime you shechted an animal, the halacha was that you would give part of the animal to the kohen. You'd give, uh, you know, the the zroyav lechayim the keva, right? So the different parts of the animal you would get to the kohanim. You never ate from it before the actual uh, parts were given to the kohanim. It's forbidden to eat from an animal that the presence had not yet been given to the kohen. So anybody who eats from an animal that the presence had not yet been taken off to give to the kohen, it's like eating tabel. It's like eating produce that has not yet had its shumas and maestros taken from it. But halacha is not like it. And he did not make a bracha in front of the kohen. In other words, if there was a kohen at the table, the kohen would be the one to bench. Is this such a great thing? You're so proud of yourself. If you have a scenario where you have a Talmud Chacham, a great Torah scholar, and there's a Kohen Gadol in the room, but he's an actual Kohen Gadol, the high priest. However, he's, a, he's an Amaretz. He doesn't know that much Torah at all, or no Torah. And the Talmud Chacham allows the Kohen Gadol to go first and says, oh, you're the Kohen. You go ahead of me. I want to honor you. Right? You have to honor the Kohen, right? You know what's going to happen? That Torah scholar is worthy of death. Okay? It says, Call Mishanai Ohavo Mis, right? And all of those who hate me, the they um they love death, so to speak. I'll take you Misanai, Ella Masnie, those who make the Torah hated. In other words, the Torah scholar, this is a very important halacha. We came across this previously in Masachta. I'm having trouble remembering right now what Masech that is. We came across this concept previously. A Talmud Chacham, it has to recognize that when people disrespect the Talmud Chacham, they are disrespecting by default, by de facto, actually, they are disrespecting the Torah as well. And a Talmud Chacham, therefore, has to stand on his honor, not because of personal self-aggrandizement, but rather so as to defend the honor of the Torah. So, when is showing off that, not showing off, but saying that this was a merit, that the that he never let a co- he never let a he never benched in front of a kohen. He was referring to cases where the kohen was always on a decently high level. It was on the same level as him. If the kohen would have been on a lower level, then indeed, of course, he would have benched before him. How have you merited? Had you merited to live such a long life? He said to them, I never took honor when my friends were humiliated. I never honored myself. And I never had a curse of my friend that went up with me onto my bed. What does this mean? The Gemara is going to explain. You see, I was very uh, forgiving about my money. I didn't take honor when my friends were embarrassed. He had Ravuna, like Ravuna. Dari Mara Akasve. He was one time carrying a like a hoe on his shoulder. comes and wanted to carry it for him. 
If typically you would be willing to carry a hoe in your own land, in your own city, then fine, take it from me. But if typically you would not, I'm not willing to take honor in the fact that you're then going to be humiliated. In other words, it is true that maybe that's this great Torah scholar, you should not be carrying the hoe on his shoulder and you know, menial labor in public. But on the other hand, for it to be solved by having his friend who's also a great Torah scholar be carrying it, that, that doesn't solve the problem at all. Right? It just pushes it down to another level. Well, I never went with the curse of my friend on my bed. What does this mean? You had the Marzitra like that, which Marzitra said. When he would get into bed, Amar, he would say, But before he would go to sleep at night, he would say, I forgive anyone who caused me trouble. Right? The Tsaran. You see, I was already forgiven with my money. The Amar Mar, Mar said, Eev was forgiven with his money. He used to leave a pruta of his own money with a shopkeeper, okay? A whole pruta. Rabbi Kiva asked Rabbi Nechunya the great. Amar lei, b'maharach de yamim. Tell us, well, how did you live a long life? Also, negav zoi v'kamacholei. So Rabbi Nechunya's attendants coming, and they beat him up for asking this question. Salak yasav ha-reisha de deklas. Rabbi Kiva went and he sits on top of a, a date tree. Amar lei, so he said to him, Rabbi, my, my master, my teacher, im neymar. Keves, if it says keves, a lamb, then why does it also say one? Right? When it talks about the, the Talmud offering, the continuous offering being once in the morning, once in the afternoon, it says keves echad. Keves is a, a singular language, a singular terminology. So anyways, it's keves by definition means singular. Why do you need to say keves echad, one keves? Amalus, who said to them, he's a righteous man. He's a Torah scholar. He's a rabbinic student. He's an intern. Why are you beating him up? Shafgu, leave him alone. Why does it say echad? It means the, the unique one, right? So the echad. The echad means the unique one, right? So it's true. Kavas by definition means one. But when we say kavas echad, it means the best one. Amar lei, so Rebunachanya said to him, I never accepted a gift from anyone. And I never stood on my measure, right, so to speak, which means I never was a captain. I never was like, oh, that's disrespectful to me. I'm going to take up for, for my honor, right? You see, I was very forgiving about my money. I didn't accept presents. What does this mean? I like your When they would send in gifts from the Bein from the house of the Nasi, he wouldn't take it. When they would invite him, he wouldn't go to their house. Amar Lahu, said to them, Do you not want me to live? As the famous line goes, as it's written, Somebody hates presents, they will live. They will be a live a free man, right? When, when you start taking presents from others, now you live under obligation. When they were actually honored by my presence. I never took revenge. What does this mean? Anybody who is willing to overlook things that people do wrong to him, then Hashem will overlook all of his sins. It says, The part of sins and passes over transgression. To whom will Hashem pardon a sin? To the one who glosses over transgression. Right? The basic idea is very simple. The way in which we treat others becomes the way in which Hashem treats us. If we are people who are saying, hey, I stand on, on my honor, right? And you disrespected me. I want to make sure that what you did is wrong. You might be right that what he did is wrong, but if you're going to be so careful with the way other people treat you, Hashem is going to be so careful with the way you mistreat or disrespect Hashem.
Shal Rebbe Yisro B'Shulim and Karcha. Rebbe Yisro B'Shulim and Karcha. The Maharach the Yamim. What what did you merit such long life? Amalei said to him, Kitzas Bechaye. Do you you uh, you detest me that you're asking me such a question? Amalei Rebbe Yisro Rebbe said, Tayrei v'Lul Meren Nitzarach. In other words, don't make an eye in hara. So his response was, What do you mean? It's Tayrei. I have to understand. Amalei, so he said, Me Yamalei Nistakalti b'Demus Adam Rasha. I never looked at a wicked person's face. It's forbidden for someone to look at the wicked person's face. It says, Were not for the presence of Yehoshaphat, right? The, the Melech of Yehuda, whom I respect, I wouldn't look at you or see you. And this is what uh, one of the Nevi'im says to somebody, and it's based on having a relationship with Yehoshaphat, but otherwise you wouldn't be willing to look at him. So you see, you don't look at wicked people. His eyes became dim. says, And when Yitzchak got old and his eyes became dim from seeing, Why did his eyes become dim? Because he had looked at Esau. But is that the reason why he became dim? His eyes became dim. Never let an ordinary person's curse become light in your eyes. And it was fulfilled in her descendants. It says, After he finds out that, that, um, that Sarah is really the wife of Abraham, he gives them a big present and he sends them away. And he says that this should be, which means like the eye covering. Right? In other words, the, it's unclear, but it's basically a way of saying, like, let, me, let me make it up to you for the fact that I took your wife. The Pasek, the Medjurish tells us, don't read it as ksus, but rather ksias, that it blinds your eyes. So the Gemara says, why did you become blind? Because Avimelech cursed. Havaha Garmali, two things made Yitzchak become blind, that he looked at Esav, who was wicked, and that also that Avimelech's curse. Rava Amar, mehacha, rather say it from here, a different place. Se'es panai rasha leitayv. It's not good to, to, be, uh, to, be, uh, to be partial, let's say, or to be um, forgiving to the wicked. Veshaspati rasha is about to die. So Rabbi said, then Rabbi Berchani, give me a bracha. May it be your Hashem's will that you should reach half of my days. But not to all of my days. Amalei, so you said to him, Should your successors, um, right? In other words, like this, if you, they can also be Torah scholars, but if you're going to live very, very long, then they won't become a Nasi after you. Avu bar ihi uminyamin bar ihi avu bar ihi and minyam bar ihi both said about this. Chada martesili delay astakli bikusi. One of them said I should be rewarded. That I never looked at a kusi who was wicked. Chada martesili delay abde shutvus pahadikusi. I should be rewarded because I never made a shutvus. Never made a partnership with a kusi. Shalu talmidavas Rabbi Zera. The students of Rabbi Zera asked him, "B'maharach the yamim? How did you merit such long life?" Amar Lemi said to them, "Yamim lehekbadati b'toich besi." I never was very a uh, mockbit in my house. I would never say you messed up or you didn't clean dishes properly or anything like that. And I never walked in front of someone who was greater than me. I never thought about Torah when I was in alleyways that are dirty. And I never walked for Amos without Torah and Tefillin. This is the same thing that we say about Rabbi Yechon and also. And I did never stop the base measures. not a long sleep, not a temporary sleep. I never would be happy when my friend wall is down. I did not call my friend with a nickname. And some people say, or some people say the nickname that his entire family had given. Synagogue that has become destroyed. You can't give a eulogy inside of it. 
nor can you put together ropes. In other words, some sort of a, uh, you know, a, a more mundane, profane type of labor. You shouldn't be doing that in basic nests, even when that's been destroyed. You shouldn't spread nets inside of it. You should not spread produce on its roof to dry it out. And don't use it as a shortcut. It says, and I will bring your your mikdashchem, your holy places, to desolation. Their kedushasan, their holiness, is there even after they become destroyed. Because the the pasuk says The implication is that even after it's destroyed, it still retains some level of kedusha. Once grass starts growing in them, don't cut them. Why shouldn't you cut them? Interestingly enough, because when you see grass growing in a synagogue, hopefully as a thinking, feeling, believing Jew, it hurts. It hurts you. And when it hurts you, you're going to daven for this circumstance to be reversed. And so therefore, if someone sees the grass growing, don't cut it. You cannot, you cannot uh, exhibit callous rash lightness of behavior when you're in a uh, synagogue. Don't eat or drink in them. And don't get dressed up in them. And don't go strolling about in them. And don't go bringing into them. I'm sorry. Don't go in when it's hot to escape the sun. Or in the rain to escape the rain. And don't even make a eulogy in there for an individual. But you could learn Torah in it. Make a public eulogy in them. Amr a Masai, when is this so? Be Yishuvan, when they're actually still in use. But once they've been destroyed and no longer used, they leave them allow grass to grow in them. You don't cut it, but people will be pained when they see this. Who said anything about grass? Sorry, Maxwell. Pasik's missing something. Not the Pasik, but the Bryce is missing uh, words. And they should try to keep taking care of the basic nests. They should be swept and it should be sprinkled floor, sprinkled water, because in those days the dirt, the floor is made out of dirt. So there should be no grass. There's only two when they're still in use. But once they've been destroyed, so we allow grass to grow in them. And therefore, if grass does grow, they don't cut it. If they go snap it, because we want it to be painful. The base Knesses of Babel, they were made with a stipulation. And even so, you still cannot behave frivolously in them, right? There's a different different uh, calculation of what's acceptable even with the condition. What's the example? Don't make Cheshbainis in them. Don't make a business calculations. A synagogue which people will end up making uh, uh, you know, business calculations in them. Malin and by SMS, and they'll use to watch over a dead body overnight. Malin and Sakadaitach, do you actually think it's going to be used to watch over? Don't say that it's actually permitted, but say that the point is like this. The point is that this is going to be the terrible punishment that a synagogue that is behaved in like this, there'll be people dying or mace mitzvah that will end up in the synagogue. Don't get dressed up in it. The sages and their students are permitted to use it in a different fashion because we want them not to leave. What's the word the house of the rabbis? The base of the rabbanon, the house of the rabbis. So basically that's used for the rabbis, that's a different category. Don't come in in the sun to protect yourself from the heat. In the rainy season, protect yourself from the rain. Like Ravina and Ravada are master once standing. They're asking Rabbi questions. And it started raining all of a sudden. They walked into the synagogue. 
Ami, it said, Hi, they lean on the Beit Nishta, that which we're working in the synagogue. La Misha Mitra is not going to escape the rain. Ela Misha Mitra, but Tilusa, rather we need, uh, when you're trying to try to figure out a halachic question, you need to have Tilusa, you need to have a sense of, um, of uh, clarity, no confusion. Like a clear day. And when it's raining, you can't think clearly. So it's not that they cared about the rain per se. It's that for the sake of having the proper um, peace of mind to pass in properly, that's why they needed to get out of the rain. Someone needs to call someone else out from Shul. My, what should he do? Let him go in and say halacha. And if he's someone who could say over Mishnayas and Brises, let him say over Mishnah. But if he's some reader who knows Tanakh, let him say over Pasuk when he's, in, when he's inside the Shul. And if he's not, let him say to a child, or he could stay there for a little bit and then get up and call the other guy out. Because in other words, to go in just for the sake of calling someone out is not respectful. Must be the man has special rabbi. You can give a eulogy for public eulogy. What's an example of a public eulogy? Like a eulogy that is attended by Rav Sheshis. Would come to. That's a husband that clearly is um, is qualified as a husband of the public. Raphim Aspada la Kalase Bebekinish. Raphim gave a eulogy for his daughter in a show. Amar Mishum Yikra Didi. The reason why I'm doing it is to make sure that everyone comes to honor me, who the Mesa and for the dead, and therefore Asukuliyama, that everyone will come. Rabzera Saftila Humira Banan Bekinish. Rabzera gave a eulogy for a rabbi in show. Amr, he said, if it's whether they're going to come to give honor to me, or they're coming to give honor to him, to the dead one, everyone will come. Rishlakish gave a eulogy for one of the rabbinical students, the Shriach Ba'ara the Yisrael, who typically was in found in Israel. And he and typically he would say over Allahs in front of 24 rows of students, quite a vast group of people. Amar, and he said, Vai, hawo, chasera ara di Yisrael, gavar rabbi, Eretz Yisrael lost a great man. There was a man who used to repeat over certain halachas. Sifra, besifri, betesefta, he was there, besifra, sifri, tesefta, beshachav aisei, and then he died. Asu varmulei, the Rav Nachman, he came and said to Rav Nachman, lisvadeh, amar, will Rav Nachman give a eulogy for him? Amar, so he said, eichin lisvadeh, how can we give him a eulogy? Hai. Sino Damale Sifri the Chasser is an entire bag of, uh, of of Torah scrolls, basically. I I, I can't I can't really do him justice. Tachazima Bain Tikife the Ara the Yisrael. Come and see the difference between the great ones of Israel, the Chasid the Babel, and the righteous ones of Babel. Okay, so so what happened is, okay, so they, they asked of Nachman, Rish Lakish is from Eretz Yisrael, of Nachman is from Babel, and they asked of Nachman to give eulogy, and Nachman said, I can't do it justice. Tanahasim, we learned in a uh, mission over there. There's Shamash Betaga. Anybody who makes use of the crown of Torah, Chalaf, he'll die young if you make use of the crown of Torah. Take honor to yourself and make a living from your Torah studies. This applies to someone who allows himself to be served by someone who is able to say over the halachas of the Torah, and you allow yourself to be served by them, you will die young. Let someone be served by someone who can repeat the four orders of the Mishnah and not be served by someone who can actually not just repeat them, but can actually teach them to others. 
Mito or Kamada Maya, he was going on the road and he sees this uh, puddle of water. A man came and put him on his shoulders and starts carrying him across this puddle of water. Amalais, who said to him, Karisa, are you able to read Tanakh? Amalais, who said, Karina, I've read it. Tania, are you able, Tanisa, have you learned the Mishnah? Tanina, I said, Arba Sidri Mishnah, I learned the four Siddharma Mishnah, right? He's not, the, not including Zrayim and Taras. Amalais, who said to him, Basata Lacha Arba Ture, you've carved four rocks for yourself. The Tainas Barlakish Akasvech, and now you're carrying Barlakish Rishlakish on your shoulders. Shadi Barlakish Babayim, throw Rishlakish into the water. Amalais, who said to him, I'd be happy if you would teach me some Torah, and then indeed it would be appropriate for me to carry you. So he said to him, Come learn from me that which Abzera taught. The daughters of Israel, they were stringent about themselves. Even if they would just see one tiny little spot of blood, like a mustard seed, when they were, they would treat themselves, they would treat themselves as if they were a, a Zaba, and therefore they would have to wait seven clean days, even after their, even after their Tahor days, right? The halacha is on, at least according to Rashi, the halacha is on a Torah level. If a woman sees dam, a woman sees blood, we assume she is a Nida, and as long as seven days later, she can produce a completely clean Bidika, and can establish that her dam has stopped, and she go to the mikveh that night. And the only time that a woman has to wait seven clean days on a Torah level would be if she sees blood for three straight days during the days in which she can become what's called a Zava. And not so simple which days that could be. But the Benos Yisrael were mocked that all the time they would always treat themselves as if they were a Zava. And that's why we wait seven clean days when they finish seeing them. Tanin the Be'elio, Ibraisa in Be'elio said, anybody who repeats haba. It is guaranteed that he is going to be a member of the world to come. It says, it says his goings are a are eternity for him. Don't read his goings, rather, that which he has taught. That is what is going to be thing that will last him for eternity. In other words, it will cause him to be meriting a world to come. Okay. Take care, guys. Be well. Good night. Tomorrow night, by the way, 845 again.